is something that um, can exist solely within us. But with empathic, uh, when it comes to our empathic abilities or being an empath, you know, it's always making a connection with something else. So there's a little bit of a difference here, and I'll, I'll go into that a little bit more uh, as we go on. So, you know, there's basically, there's, uh, there's several different types of empaths. Uh, if you go out there and you start looking, you'll, you'll see that some people say there's 15, some people say there's 13. Uh, there's a whole variety of numbers of empaths. Uh, but I'm going to really deal with basic six types of empaths that I think um, are, are pretty well agreed upon. And I think all of us can easily relate to. Uh, some of us embody several, um, some all, uh, many are one. Um, but ultimately, I think that all of us have a primary uh, empathic nature or ability. Um, we have a secondary, and then there's sometimes we develop these others. And so even somebody who says that they have all of them, uh, in general, what, it, what, it, what I find if you sort of unpack it is that there's usually one that, that's their primary energy and they've developed it or applied it in different ways that sort of yeah, allows them to sort of sense into these other areas. So there's still a way that we generally experience our um, empathic body, our empathic energy. So the first one that we're gonna deal with is the emotional empath. Um, and the emotional empath is, I think the one that most commonly people think of, you know, you walk into Starbucks, somebody's feeling anxious, you feel it uh, and you have that experience. Um, there's a lot of emotional empathic energy on the planet right now. You know, uh, the, the psychic energy in the air is thick with COVID-19 and uh, <clears throat> the fear, um, concern, even empathy itself has its own feeling in the air, psychic, you know, desire to, uh, there's a certain form of empathy that's about uh, giving and helping others. And there's a, a psychic energy of, that's out there where people dealing with this are feeling like, they wish they could do more, right? Like there's the energy gets thick with this and all of this really plugs into uh, the emotional impact. And, you know, if you have uh, the emotional impact can sometimes get over identified with those feelings and uh, they can, you know, I should say that I think if you're an emotional impact, you're going to experience moments where these connections may overwhelm you or overwhelm your own connection to your own feelings where it feels like they take over. Um, those moments are likely to happen at some point in life. However, uh, I do think that it is, we are capable of being a healthy emotional empath and having a clear connection to our own emotions, and our own feelings, and having an awareness where when we feel somebody else's stuff or we experience them, uh, we have a recognition that we're experiencing an energy from somebody else or an emotion from somebody else. Um, one of the things we'll talk about later is, is whether we absorb emotions of others or not. Uh, and I have some definite thoughts I wanted to talk to around that. Um, so that's the emotional empath. The, uh, the, and by the way, each one of these has its gift and uh, its gifts and its challenges. And we'll, we will go into a bit of that. Um, the other one is the physical or the, the medical empath. And this is a person who very much so, you know, uh, the physical empath, if you're having a headache and they're hanging out with you, they, they probably are going to have a headache too you know, or they may not, you know, they'll just look at you and know, oh, you're getting sick. You know, they'll just feel it right off the bat. They're really connected into the body, into physically what's happening. The other end of that, the physical impact uh, can be highly impacted in a positive way by being around people who are really healthy and strong. Um, you know, if you're a physical impact, uh, hang out with somebody who's in great shape. 
<laughs> and take that energy in um, and use it. So, uh, so the physical impact or the medical impact. And then there's the geomantic uh, or the earth impact. Um, and these were often the shamans. Uh, the geomantic empaths, uh, you know, they might sense what direction is north or east or just have a natural, they just know. Or over that hill is going to be food or a safe place for camp. Like they have a strong connection with earth and the earth energies and the flow. Uh, they, they may know where water is, you know, under the earth and where to dig the dwell, well just naturally. So uh, there's the earth impasse. They also might really feel a lot of what's going on on earth right now and the struggle of the planet herself. So, um, so there's the geomantic or the earth impasse. Uh, and then different is uh, the plant empath, um, which is, you know, you know that person who has the green thumb that just seems to know exactly when to water their house plants and exactly what they need. Um, that's the plant empath, uh, which is a little different. It's actually very different than the earth empath. Uh, and probably the one that I need the most work on. I'm, I'm working on it by giving my plants extra love. Um, and then there's the animal empath. And the animal empath is also... It's an interesting one because of uh, uh, human beings and um, you know what's what's happened on the planet to the animals and the impact that we've had on them. You know, there's a lot of times I find that animal empaths have a difficult time sometimes um, connecting with humans or even sometimes with themselves being human and being okay with that and not carrying uh, guilt or shame about that. Um, uh, but animal empaths can also be incredible animal communicators. Um, and they would do well to connect with uh, different animals when they had to, let's say, come and speak, give a talk, and connect with an animal, you know, maybe Wolf, the teacher, um, to connect with that energy and embody that uh, could help them a great deal. They can work with the animals in that way and can be very healing with them, just like a plant empath, working with plants um, uh, and having the plants speak to them and let them know what their medicine is. Um, and then there's the claircognizant or the intuitive empath. And, uh, which is really more of what I would say I am. That's my, my number one. Um, and the, the intuitive empath doesn't just read the feelings or sense the feelings or have those experiences internally, but they also uh, will read often what's behind it, uh, some of the nuances and, and, and what's back in there um, behind the feelings. So there's the claircognizant. And like I was saying, you can be a claircognizant empath and connect with animals. You can be an emotional empath and connect with animals or with, connect with plants. Like there's cross-pollination here. Um, it, it, it could be that you have several of these abilities or it may be applying your empathic nature uh, in a different way. Um, the thing I will tell you is we're, we're all empaths um, by nature as human beings. Uh, you know, you can be, as a human being, you can be, uh, the empath can be the healer, vibrating healing and energy, which we'll talk a bit about. Uh, the empath can be um, the sociopath. So the healer empath is the empath who has an intention and a desire to impact others positively and to put healing into the world and to vibrate with that, that energy. You know, the sociopath is, you know, we, we think often that they're not empathic and the truth is they're often really empathic and really great at knowing what someone's feelings are, what they need, what they're looking for and what's going on with them. What they lack is not an empathic ability, they lack empathy. They lack the ability to actually feel for this person, to hold compassion 
the ability to care about that person's needs or experiences. So they may empathically correctly read all of these things, but all of that information is only in service of whatever they want or whatever they need. And so they can still be empathic and yet uh, not have any empathy. And that's a really important distinction. So, you know, from that, I want to go into what's empathy, you know? Well, with empathy, there's, there's three different types of empathies. Let's explore a little bit um, these basic ones. So there's cognitive empathy. Um, so this is an awareness. Cognitive empathy is something that, you know, we use all the time. We use it at work. You know, you can empathize with, you know, when you're talking to a fellow coworker about something and really be aware of how they must feel um, and know that they're feeling a certain way because something happened. But it, but it doesn't necessarily mean as, uh, you know, with empathy that you're necessarily feeling it. It's more exists in awareness. It can be, um, it's a type of empathy that, empathy that can be really uh, useful for negotiating because uh, there can be a bit of a separation in some ways with that kind of empathy to the experience. So that person is experiencing this. I am not. You, not I. So cognitive empathy, um, you know, it has its purpose, but it's, it's not quite as embodied uh, as emotional empathy, which is the second one. So emotional empathy is where, where we feel, right? So we feel what other people are feeling. You know, this a lot happens with our family, um, people we love. Uh, we feel their pain the most usually, but also children, you know, and uh, emotional, you know, empathy can even happen if you think about a child who's just really, really, really wants that green popsicle. Uh, and they really are having a crisis over that green popsicle that they're not going to get. And they really are upset. And, you know, of course, there's times where we just want to get past something and we get annoyed with those moments. But there's times where we can look at those children and we know that everything they're expressing and feeling is utterly sincere and and we can really have empathy for that uh even though uh and we can feel it in ourselves we can be cognitive and emotionally really feel that with us um you know but it's still different than the third which is compassionate empathy so compassionate empathy is that call to action compassionate empathy is really you know what it's times like now uh, compassion empathy really can trigger this desire to act or take action or to uh, want to have an impact so you know also feeling what's going on in the world or what's happening with someone and a desire to help them or to impact them in some way a call to action so those are the three it's cognitive empathy emotional empathy and compassionate empathy um, how do these types of empathies affect or interact with our empathic nature So as a, as a um, cognitive uh, empathy, as an empath, there's an ability where you become aware. And, and then what happens is you can start to become aware that that person's energy is actually impacting you, you know, and you actually become aware of it in such a way that you begin to fixate on how that's impacting you. Uh, and it may cause you to judge them. Uh, or to feel victimized, or to become codependent in your behavior with that. And so the empathic and the empathy together begins to create a dialogue in you that has to do with more about you than it does with them. So the empathy actually, initially what may start as empathy can start to feed something where it feeds into your experience. And uh, if we get a little over-identified with that, we become 
cognitively obsessed with this empathic connection that's happening here and it can actually have a create difficulty in our relationships not only with them but also in general it can begin to trigger other things in us obviously it depends on how deep that goes that experience goes with emotional empathy um you know when you're actually feeling the emotions of others and, and i bet you every one of you who are on this zoom has experienced this where you lose the ability at some point to separate the other person's experiences from yours you know on an energetic level like at some point you're not sure uh where your feelings stop and their start uh so you know through empathy we can actually activate where we we are over empathizing uh and actually at the same time feeding into this empathic experience and so you know this is where people feel like they're absorbing other people's energy um and then you know with compassionate empathy this is a really the one that, that you know we'll talk more in its positive sense too but it can become where we we want to take action uh but we feel helpless you know so like right at a time like now with covid-19 you know as empaths and with empathy you want to respond and when you feel like there's nothing you can do you can become really trapped in that empathic experience um and it really can connect into trauma it can trigger our own state of trauma but it also you know when you start to connect these if you're like having a uh you know you're cognitively aware of what's going on you're sensitive and experiencing what's happening in the world and we're we're all feeling this energy um and then you compassionately want to have an impact and if you feel like there's no act no nothing that you have to give or offer or you feel helpless in that then that can begin to spin in the mind and it begins to spin in that cognitive uh and it begins to become a trauma and feed into our anxiety and it can feed into feeling separate and disconnected on the other end this can all feed positively too now we can shift that the other way which is as a cognitive uh empathy uh being aware of what's going on uh going in um so we feel it we're aware of it and then we begin to think oh uh, being aware of it how do i connect with this energy first of all we can begin to come aware that of the fact that i'm not alone in this uh cognitive empathy in a positive way connecting with our empathic nature i'm i'm not alone in this how do i actually you know open myself up and connect with other people who are going through this in a positive way you know and that i'm not just talking about you know picking up the phone and calling and doing all these things we've been told on the news to do you know making our zoom connections and all of that i'm talking about you know meditating connecting into our bodies connecting into our feeling state and opening ourselves to connecting with our empathic neighbors you know in a safe way um and and really doing it in a way that's about staying connected in our bodies and grounded in our breath so that as we open ourselves to that we're keeping a healthy sense of separation where we're plugging in and we're connecting with them but we're not we're not necessarily taking theirs on we're allowing ourselves to be connected like we did holding hands around the planet a few moments ago um as an emotional empath we can begin to feel what people are going through right and so as we feel what's happening in the planet so i tap into this psychic empathy the psychic energy that's in the air that I was talking about earlier in the atmosphere and what I begin to do is think what do we need and how do I vibrate with that 
So how do I create those moments? So as an emotional empath, yes, you know, there's moments that are harder than others to do that. There's moments where maybe I just need to cry or, or um, talk to my partner about what's going on and, you know, process the challenges that we're going through. But there's also moments where I can go out and, uh, you know, walking my dog, just be connected to like how normal and natural that feels and how wonderful it feels to be walking my dog and let me vibrate with that in the world. That somewhere amongst all of this insanity, there's still sanity and there's, there's still these moments that we can plug into. And in, and in holding that space as an empath, I begin to amplify that energy. Because empaths feel things more sensitively and more deeply, but we also vibrate out, we amplify that much more as well. Empaths are the healers. And so, the other one is the compassionate empath. And so as a compassionate empath, you know, I know for me, something I've been really thinking about are the people who are in third world countries, uh, people who are, are in places that are far less fortunate than us and their social distancing means something altogether different. And uh, yeah, the impact is probably going to be different. And so there's times where I sit and I tune in and I connect and uh, reach out because it's something that I know as a human being, you know, I have super limited in any impact that I can have on that uh, directly. You know, I don't necessarily have the ability to go and, and do something for, for these people that are on the ground. So what I do is I'll connect with them. And, and when I do, I'll tell you, it's, it's not easy, right? The fear comes in. Um, like I said, it's emotional. <laughs> uh, it's an emotional time. <clears throat> But you know, you can sit with that a moment and you find your breath and you find your strength in this moment and you find your safety. And what you can do is you can begin to wrap them with that, that, that there's somebody here who cares. And yes, I can't directly reach in and touch you and in a way that may be able to lift you out of this, but I can touch you with my heart. And in doing so, I believe that we're not just touching them and sending energy, and I don't think we're just doing this inside ourselves, we're actually inviting people, we're inviting humanity in to come in and touch this in a different way, to connect in with this, to maybe become more aware of these realities, but also just become aware of them where like, oh, that's awful, something should be different, but becoming aware like, and, and, and I care about this. Staying in the feeling center of this and vibrating with that. Because that's how we actually manifest, right? We, we've all heard, you know, about manifesting something by radiating positive thoughts around it or creating our vision boards or whatnot. Uh, I think the most powerful manifesting energy that we hold inside ourselves is when we allow our feelings to attune to an experience. And when we hold that feeling and that sensation in ourselves and when it actually matters and, um, uh, and radiates within us in, in an authentic expression, and then that begins to actually attract energy. And so when we do this as empaths, and, as, and again, lending ourselves towards a cause, we are attracting energy, and, and maybe not for ourselves, but to that cause. And when it's not for ourselves, well, what greater way to get out of our fear? What greater way to get out of our isolation?
open to move out of our own thoughts and our own needs for a moment and give to others in this way with sincerity. And so, you know, when you take being an empath and having this sensitivity that you have uh, and you connect that with empathy, with compassion, and you choose to direct that energy, you have a powerful ability to heal, to make change in the world. Uh, and who knows what creativity and what expression will come out inside you from that later, because it may inspire something else in your own journey internally, you know? But I think what's happened is because, uh, you know, we are we're a pretty self-absorbed society. You know, a lot of people talk about selfish. I, I, think, uh, I think most people I know, you know, they're not, they're not selfish. They're not intentionally selfish. Um, but I do think we're taught to be self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. If we're working on ourselves, if we're struggling through something, if we're in survival mode, it can feel like I can't take on one more person's energy. Feeling somebody else's anxiety can feel like an attack, an incredible psychic attack. And yet, you know, when if we learn to expand ourselves and to recognize I don't actually have to experience that energy, I don't have to be a victim of it, that I actually have the ability to breathe through it. Just like when those emotions came up for me, when I started to tap into those people in India, you know, I was able to breathe through it and to let my energy settle at a point. And then I was able to direct my energy. So it's finding that, that separation, that space between their energy and yours. And it's, it's not always easy, but I will tell you, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And it's, why it's so important to be present when we find ourselves suddenly experiencing an emotional shift in ourselves for no reason. You know, if you suddenly, if you're feeling okay and going about your day and all of a sudden something just stop and get present because this is maybe the fork in the road between you as an empath recognizing this psychic experience that's going on and deciding how you want to respond or just having to move through that energy in a moment as opposed to you becoming a victim where you actually take on that energy and you don't ever recognize that it was somebody else's. And then it may actually start to affect what thoughts you're thinking. And then the next thing you know, uh, you're now processing somebody else's feelings. Um, and it can feel like, oh my God, I just absorbed that person's feelings. Um, and yet that's not wholly true which we're gonna to go to in just a moment here. Um, so talking about impact, one of the things it does is it really helps to build the connection between the I and the we. It's simultaneously. We are both the I and we are the we. And it's our empathic connection that keeps us aware of that. And that we're all generating an electromagnetic field. We live in an electromagnetic field that's created on this planet by its relationship to the solar systems. And we are in a strong dynamic relationship of electromagnetic exchange with the human beings that we encounter daily, with the world that we encounter. Uh, and then of course, you know, we have machines and all, you know, phones and all these other electromagnetic fields that we're dealing with. Um, but we ourselves, there is that field in which we generate from within ourselves. And interacting with this world, we begin to pick up these other energies. And we do absorb energy. 
So electromagnetic energy, we can, we can absorb certain energy, we can take it in, uh, we can express that energy out. Um, and we can actually create energetic debris. Um, and we can accumulate too much of this for our system. And this energetic debris can create imbalances in us that can have uh, effects on our mental health, our physical health, uh, our emotional health, and our spiritual health. Um, I mean, you know, skin is your largest organ. It uh, is interacting all the time with the bacteria around us. It is interacting with the emotions and the feelings and, and touching the world. We are constantly touching the world through our skin. It's a sensory organ. Uh, and it plugs right into our empathic nature and connects into everything else. Um, so one of the things I want to do is, before I go on, is to give you some tips um, on this. And I suggest, you know, if you want to get paper or not to write anything down, but uh, I wanted to give you a few tips around this, uh, which is, you know, number one is going to be a tough one maybe right now uh, when I first say this because we're all being told to stay inside right now. But number one is nature, nature, nature. Um, there is nothing that will help you reset as an empath more than nature. You know, uh, if we were in normal times, I would say in New York or if you can right now, like get out to the park, um, you know, and just uh, open your window and just breathe the sky, uh, and, you know, connecting with nature. And also know that if you can't physically get there, then sit on your couch, close your eyes, remember your favorite spot in nature or a magical moment where you've connected with nature and connect with that and connect with that feeling and begin to let that vibrate in your field and in your electromagnetic field and vibrate and breathe that into your body. We can make these connections right where we are anytime because these energetic connections are ones that we've made before. And even if we haven't done it with intent before, we can bring intent to connections that we already have and transform our experiences. And in doing so, we can begin to bring a harmony or a balance back to our energy. And as we do that, we can also ask that our field, that any debris or anything that we've taken on, any energetic uh, uh, any energetic debris that we've taken into our field that doesn't belong to us, we just, we release that. Um, breathing. Another one is throughout the day, just a couple times a day, uh, you know, actually several times a day, just stop and I take a few breaths. And as you do, just literally go into your sensory being and just be with your body, relax all the tension in your body and just be with your breath and just release. Uh, one that we all know right now going on with uh, coronavirus is hand washing. So, you know, between every session when I do readings, I wash my hands and I wash them with intention. And, and uh, I'm washing them to clear whatever I've been carrying, but also to open myself to what's to come. Um, so, you know, we can bring intention to our hand washing. And so a wonderful thing because we're being told to wash our hands so much is maybe to bring that intention as we wash our hands, to not wash them in fear that maybe I don't get this, but actually washing them with the intent of healing, of making space, uh, releasing our attachments to whatever energies may draw this experience to us and to being a part of the cleansing on this planet of this virus, the healing. Um, showering with intention. When you shower, be aware that you're not 
just washing your body. You are cleansing your energy. You've taken on a ton of bacteria, which bacteria is living energy, uh, as well as clearing your field. And so just becoming conscious and taking time in your shower instead of thinking about the hundred things you're going to do when you get out of the shower, be present with water and actually shower with intention. And the intention is that you are washing off this energy, whatever doesn't belong to you or doesn't serve you. And you can literally look at the drain and watch the dirty water going out of the drain just thinking that it's like, whatever doesn't serve you or whatever doesn't belong to you, leaving you. Uh, the other ones, um, you know, I put this one in here. Again, this might be a little hard right now for people, but the ocean, you know, if you go to the ocean, uh, I know it's nature too, but the ocean is just, I had to mention it separately because I think uh, the air alone when you go to the ocean is uplifting and cleansing. And so, again, for me, I know I can go into my mind's eye and I can actually go to several different oceans that I've experienced and I can smell the ocean and I can feel the air and connect with it. And so uh, that's a really powerful one. Some of us need to daily because some of us are really feel like we take on a lot right and some people might practice some of these and say you know i'm doing it but i feel like it's not enough uh, and they may need to literally go through and do a daily meditation at the end of the day and actually go through and, and remember their day and remember the people that they've met and just see the faces that came up and some of those might be people that uh, you saw on the street walking by. Some of them may be people you've actually interacted with, but whatever comes up, just unplugging your energy from them and being aware. A lot of times people will experience those as strings of energy. Uh, the solar plex is a good place to check. You might experience them in different places. Um, and just unplugging that energy and, and returning it back to, to the other person. Um, and you might even need to follow that up with, as soon as you've sort of unplugged all those energies, you then want to pull back your energy and any place that you've given energy to others into yourself. Um, and I do know for a lot of empaths uh, that I've met along the way, uh, they'll say that, you know, it feels like they're abandoning somebody um, or that they're, they're cutting them off or somehow it can have a negative connotation to unplug from other people's energies. But I'm going to tell you, uh, for me, I've done it after a long day of readings and there's times where I'll unplug, but I just return them to my heart and, and just return to my own heart connection and just remember that, that we're connected through our heart and through, our, through love, not through these empathic strings that we've created between us. Um, and that just seems to fill it right back up and, and feel really good. Um, I also want to share a meditation from Ted Andrews. He's an amazing author. He's written a ton of books. Um, and one of his books will be tomorrow. I'll be sending out an email, uh, with a, a few books in reference to the subject and, and one of them will be his. Um, and it's not necessarily specific about being an empath. It's about psychic touch, but in that he does cover being an empath. And he also has a really great simple meditation, uh, one that's easy to remember, uh, for cleansing yourself. Um, if you feel like you've just taken on a lot of other people's energies and, Basically, what you do is you imagine a crystal whirlwind forming about 10 feet above your head. And that whirlwind begins to you know, form until it grows into about 10 feet. And as it grows, it becomes a white fire uh, rotating clockwise. And what you do is you imagine this white fire tornado rotating, coming down 
into your head, the small end first, into the crown of your head. And imagine that as it comes down um, into the body, it, uh, it actually is sucking off and burning off all of the debris that you've accumulated. And you just see and feel and imagine this just sweeping and cleaning your entire aura and body. And then what you do is you just let this vortex continue down and out your feet and into the heart of the earth. And you see it carrying all of this debris into the lower realm where there can be used as fertilizer and can benefit the lower kingdoms of earth. And so you take all that debris and you just give it back in such way and with the intention of it becoming fertilizer. Um, Ted also talks about uh, how empathic responses have in us. So now that I've sort of given you some cleansing techniques, um, you know, I want to sort of, you know, what, what, how do these occur? How do we experience them? Uh, and one of the things he talks about is uh, um, that there's free responses, free empathic uh, responses, and those are usually when two energies are compatible. So uh, let's say you meet somebody and you really just feel connected and they have an emotion and you have an emotion, it's just, you know, it's just free, it's just automatic. Uh, and that can be uh, a positive. And one that really connects you, it can be, you know, those two people that suddenly break out in a fight for no reason, you know, two minutes after meeting one another. It's like, you know, there is a compatibility there in the negative sense, but it just, it's just free. It's so automatic because it's, it's an energetic match. Um, then there's <clears throat> forced responses. Uh, and these, this is where one tends to dominate. Uh, and the person dominating might be a charismatic person giving a talk. Um, and, uh, you know, with uh, with the forced response, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, forced has a negative connotation, right? So the charismatic person may be intending a certain experience and it can be a positive intention uh, and they can be dominating the empathic energy in the room. I think what's important is, you know, and it's a reminder that, that you know, people can impress us with their empathic energy. They can impress that upon our own empathic experience. And it's one of the reasons why it's so important that we take time to connect with ourselves every day, especially now. You know, this world is becoming more sensitive. We are growing as empathic beings. We're growing in our awareness. And so we have to take more responsibility for that and more responsibility for uh, how we respond to a world that's becoming more connected, not just through technology, uh, but even in our sensory, uh, in our sensory nature, you know, in our, in our psychic sensitivities. Um, yeah. And also mentally, I'm noticing more and more people are beginning to, you know, it's like being aware that you're sharing the same thought, you know, people are having these elevated experiences that are starting to happen. And the more that those experiences are happening, the more important it's going to be that we know who we are and knowing who you are isn't about defining what you do. It, it actually has more to do with what you feel, who you are inside, what's in your being. It's, it's more about, we know who we are through self-awareness because who we are is over, always changing. And so actually by thinking we know who we are through a definition, uh, we often rob ourselves from ever really being able to know who we actually are because we find out who we are by being self-aware and being connected to ourselves and being able to recognize the responses that happen inside of us. And that's what tells us who we are, you know, and, and who we're being in this moment. And uh, how we respond to it might tell us what we're capable of. Um, 
anyway, so there's the forced. And so, uh, you know, in this world where there's a lot of people wanting to have a forced empathic impact on others, it's more and more important that we become aware of our own empathic boundaries and our own energy. Um, the other one is uh, an atavistic uh, response or an uncontrolled response, which is really, um, it's more associated with trauma. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, think of like uh, a child who survived uh, child abuse. Um, you know, they may have an automatic, uh, uncontrolled response to somebody, just meeting somebody or somebody, you know, whatever their trauma might be. Um, this type of an empath uh, can have these kind of experiences come up with them. So these are the three types of uh, empathic responses that are, are probably the most common. Um, you know, one of the things I, I, I put in my original write-up for this class, and uh, I talked about it when I did the karma talk, for those of you who were there, is that I said that I would also maybe talk a little bit about how these connect, right? How does karma go into empath and you know one of the quotes one of the things i said in the karma talk was uh the microcosm the, the microcosm that we are is wholly in relationship with the macrocosm of all that is the microcosm that we are is wholly in relationship with the macrocosm of all there that is and and so uh you know if that's um in karma you know I think I was saying that, that Buddha said, this happens, so that becomes. This happens, so that becomes. You know, he, it wasn't necessarily that he was teaching cause and effect, as many people talk about karma. It wasn't just this thing happens and that leads to that. It wasn't quite so linear. Uh, it was this seed gets planted and these things grow. Um, so there's a relationship between yeah, this happening to what becomes. And it's about that relationship. So this sort of deals with um, that action, that movement of energy. And if that's what karma is, empath is the universal language underneath all of that. It's the universal language of resonance and frequency. And each resonance and each frequency has its own feeling. Um, I would say all empathic connections are based on resonance. And resonance, of course, is most often a term associated with music. Uh, you know, you can trigger the note on one instrument, can also trigger another instrument to vibrate with that same note. Uh, some notes are not the same, but sound better together than others. Um, every cell in your body is an energy resonator. And they're all vibrating and they all have their, they have their own notes. They have shared notes and they have their own notes. They, they create these spheres of sound, of vibration, of resonance that's in them. And so, you know, when we go back to the empath and we talk a little bit about uh, people absorbing energy or not um, of others, you know, a lot of empaths feel like they feel really victimized by the feelings of others. They feel like, oh, all this anxiety, I just, you know, I can't be in this place. It's just too much. Uh, I'm just absorbing too much of other people's stuff. And, uh, and they will feel often that they can't separate themselves. And, and I think that that's, um, I think there's nuances here that are really important. And it, and it deals with this resonance, this resonating energy. 
So what we actually can absorb is electromagnetic energy. Um, we don't necessarily absorb feelings. We don't absorb other people's experiences. We can absorb the energy that they're vibrating the, from their field. Uh, and those vibrations come into our aura. And the thing is, <clears throat> when they come into our aura, if we allow our body to vibrate too much with that energy, if we allow that incoming energy to dominate, then we experience that other person's energy as our own. It's, uh, we can sometimes not separate what's happening in us, what's theirs and what's ours. And so our entire frequency becomes harmonious to their frequency and we lose our connection to our own frequency. Um, it's a, I think it can be a, for a lot of sensitives a normal first response. Um, but we can shift it clearly, but this is what I was talking about before. You know, before it gets embedded as our own, uh, which by the way is much harder to do what I'm talking about if there's an energetic match with us. Um, but it's through being present when these moments happen that we have the ability to, to get connected into and, and just literally becoming aware that like, oh wait, there's a, there's a frequency here that wasn't here before. What part of what I'm experiencing? What part of what I am experiencing is mine. What might not be? In just that moment, you may not have a full, clear answer, but our energy is intelligent. Our aura is intelligent. Our soul is intelligent, and our mind does not need to know all the answers. But simply directing our mind to engage our energy that way allows our energy to adjust. And it may not completely fix it in that moment because we might have already gotten a little bit anxious or revved up in that moment with that energy, but we begin to give it a little space. And then if we add a little breath to it, right? And then if we add just connecting into what's the frequency I want to be vibrating in here, we can begin to work our way back into our own energy. And I'll tell you, initially, this may be more of a process or a project, you know, but in time you can begin to strengthen that. And you can begin to become aware that I want my body to resonate with a certain frequency. This is who I am. This is my resonance. This feels authentic and natural to me. And I want to strengthen that so that even when these things happen, I know who I am. I know who I am, not because of what I do or what I'm being. I know who I am because of, I know my resonance. I know how I vibrate and I'm now connected to it. And I will tell you as an empath, there is no greater shield. There is no greater defense. There is no greater support for you than your own energy amplified at an appropriate level. And as an empath, it's really hard not to have a natural reflex when we get hit with other people's energies at times to pull in. It's reflective, right? We do this. Uh, we do this with somebody's reaching for us that we don't want reach for us or, you know to reach for us we, we pull back and so we do the same thing with our energy but it's the exact opposite of what we want to train ourselves to do because it's that pulling in that allows us to pull their energy in and maybe we pull it in a little bit too close and so we lose that that sense of space that line between them and us so it's, it's where the we can become messy um, and so on an empathic level. So the key is you want to expand that energy back out. You want to become aware of yourself as a living energy, creating a field, a resonance that you vibrate around you 
and you want to become aware that that is interacting with the world and that when something uncomfortable comes in i may step away but what i don't want to do is recede and pull my energy in you know if i'm uncomfortable if somebody's engaging me let's say you have you know somebody who feels like they're a psychic drain and they're plugging in and they're sucking your energy if you want to turn your attention for that person not give them eye contact or you know not speak so much there's other ways you can pull in but what you don't want to do is suck your energy into it. you want to keep your energy where it is and maybe disassociate a little bit from the person in your behavior to create a, a separation so you can find your way out of that conversation but it's it's different than pulling that energy in um you, you know uh our relationship um with this resonance is also our relationship with our own feelings. And so one of the things I said before is talking about those energetic matches. You know, if you if you take a tuning fork and we were to hit that tuning fork of let's say middle C, and if we were to open our piano and we were to put that tuning fork near those strings, the middle C strings would vibrate. They would begin to vibrate with that tuning fork. There's a match. So, you know, the other part as an empath is that, you know, if we're being triggered and we're experiencing this stuff, it doesn't necessarily mean that we feel it the way they do. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that we even feel what they feel. Maybe the energetic match has to do with our own experience of somebody like that invading our life when we were young, when we couldn't get away. You know, there's, there's many possibilities um, of what it might be, but there's an energetic match happening. And, you know, it's a great thing to, it's information and if you can learn to move that into the category of oh this is information and i want to explore this you know i want to work on with this but in that moment what you need to know is okay i'm i'm recognizing this energetic match there must be something here but i'm going to take that information and, and to me i think my like body response if i'm really present in myself and in my power I'm going to thank myself for, okay, thank you for this experience. And I'm going to put that on a shelf. I'm going to put that here as something I need to return to and look at. But in that moment, it doesn't mean I have to stay in some sort of suffering or that I have to work it out with this person or anything else. I'm still going to work to how do I actually own my energy in relationship to this energy. And what's interesting is if I find a way to do that, a really healthy way to do that, I might even find that this disappears off the shelf that maybe in that moment I've transformed it. And, and so the other part I just wanted to bring in here is for the empath, one of the things that's also really important is to pay attention to the dialogue that we're having in our head, you know, uh, when we have these experiences. It's being aware of that dialogue, whether we're dealing with COVID-19 in the world and are we empathically plugged in and spinning about how horrible things are or what's going on, you know, and, you know, if we are, we need to unplug from the world and plug in with ourselves and realize, okay, I'm in fear and what's happening in the world is having a big impact and I have to process that right now. And we can plug back into what's happening in the world afterwards when we can plug in in a healthy way. Um, or we can just maybe turn down the volume. Maybe we can't unplug from it. Okay. And we can just turn the volume down a little bit and say, okay, wait a minute. I need to not be quite so associated into that. How do I associated and, and work through this relationship that I have to the world with whatever what's triggering in me. So it's, it's being aware of this dialogue and how we can let the mind take us down a road 
where we actually get disconnected from our empathic self, from the real power of this. And the real power of our empathic energy and our ability. So I said, you know, basically we're all empaths. You know, uh, the non-empath and the empath is really not about one's ability. It's about awareness. You know, it's about a level of, uh, really, it's also a level of maturity in a sense, an internal one. It's an EQ maturity, it's a spiritual maturity. Um, not to say that there aren't empaths who are not too mature, <laughs> uh, but they're mature in their awareness in a certain way. What does that awareness actually connect us to? I believe our empathic being connects us to the origin of everything. I think that our empathic being began to exist, empathetic energy began to exist at the moment the universe began to exist. It's the moment when everything went from being this one conscious energy without separation, where it imploded and then exploded into separation, where we created these individual experiences. And, and our empathic centers connect us all the way back to those origins. Because through our empathic centers, we are, it is impossible for us to disconnect from everything else. That's why as an empath, trying to separate yourself from everything else is futile. What you have to do is become conscious of what is the energy that you are going to resonate with. What is the energy that you are choosing to express into the world through your body, through your being? Not just through your doing, but through your being. Who am I being? Um, and so it actually is a direct relationship with the universe. And that's why, you know, if you even look at oneness and get it out of um, all these other conversations that we have around it and just look at it from a feeling sense, every human being has experienced certain feelings. Maybe not for the same reasons. Maybe they wouldn't agree for why or what's true or not, but we share these feelings and, and their frequencies. And if we begin to connect with nature, and if you learn how to actually connect with a tree and to really vibrate with its energy, you'll realize there's an empathic connection you can share with a tree. And it's wholly different than any connection you've ever shared with a person. And you can find an empathic connection with the earth, with the sky, and on and on and on. It is a universal language that allows us to actually make a connection. Um, and it's such a beautiful expression and such a powerful experience when we begin to turn our focus and to look at being an empath from this lens and to take it out of what so many of the books and the materials that I read that talk so much about people absorbing energies and cutting cords and uh, dealing with the overwhelm of human beings. And, and I'm, not, I'm not negating that we don't have to deal with those experiences. I just think that we have to watch it that we don't reduce what it means to be an empath just to those experiences. Because if we continue to do that, then we keep ourselves as we have, as, as humans, as something separate from everything else, you know? And so, you know, humans are humans and any other thing, whether it's a plant or an animal or whatever, is another thing. And we have this separation. And so when we begin to connect into our empathic energies and to evolve it out of just the human connections, we begin to replug in and remember that 
we are all things and we are connected to all things. We are not something separate. We're made up of the same material and we are in relationship with it. And when we begin to connect with that, we begin to become stronger in ourselves because we begin to connect to ourselves as nature. And when we begin to connect to ourselves as nature, we become more than the mental identities that we've created. We become the identity of that internal, that psychic experience of being this living empathy. And when that happens, we become much stronger in what we vibrate. And we become much stronger in our boundaries and our ability to interact and deal with other people's energies. We begin to become uh, able to um, direct the resonance that we want to put out in the world and direct how we want to respond to other people's resonance. And, and we direct it by vibrating with authenticity, being ourselves, not by being in our head and mental and trying to respond to something or control something in the moment. It starts from within. One of the things I said in the beginning of this is uh, that impacts are really like the magic makers. Um, and I really love this. Uh, it's another Ted Andrews book, actually. It's funny, I'm quoting him a bit today. Um, but this is a, a different one. It's actually uh, psychic protection. Um, but there's this one paragraph, and I thought it just summed up what, like perfectly, where I think we are gonna grow to as we begin to connect more with our true nature uh, and with our energy. So all magical systems, all philosophies, and all religions are nothing more than a system of props that strengthen and stabilize us as we open to new mysteries and until we discover the true power and magic of our souls. When that happens, every thought becomes a sacred charm and every word we speak weaves its own magical spell. I think that when we are vibrating in our resonance and we are connected to our empathic being and we begin to uh, to define it by something greater than just you know oh that person's anxious and it's making me anxious too and I feel it inside myself when we begin to to own the magic that is our human empathy um, in relationship to our empathic connections you know we begin to tap into that magic and our words are not just, you know, they're not just vibrating with words, they're not just sentences and ideas, they're vibrating with our empathic energy. And we're making those connections and we're sharing them with one another. And we begin to weave spells and we begin to weave the spells we want to weave in the world because what also starts to happen is when our words and our actions and what we're doing are not in alignment, our empathic being begins to also vibrate and tell us that too. And it becomes more and more difficult to live that way. And we begin to find what it really means to have a harmony and a balance in ourselves, which isn't so much about living in some perfect stasis, but it's actually about living in harmony with an expression that is authentic to who you are. That's my talk. There are oneness exercise each one of us can do each morning and evening as we transit the shift, uh, not anchored um, just to the self, but allowing us to send to the rest of the planet a visualization. And you know, for me, 
you know, one of the things I like to do is to face east. And when I face east, I think about that sun rising and that that sun rising isn't just rising on me, but it's rising on every, you know, I think about all the people that it's rising upon in this moment. And then as I think about that, I imagine that light shining on them and shining on us. And even if it's a cloudy day, I know that sun is there. And sometimes we wake up and life feels cloudy. And it's knowing that even when we can't see it, it's always there for us, that presence shining through. And so I really connect in with that idea. And I realize that it may not be shining for some right now, but I try to connect with all those that it is shining for and send it on its way throughout the day that as it does turn through the day and our night day goes to night, that as it shines on others, wherever they are, they too might experience this light shining as love and healing and connecting all of us under this sacred motion that has continued as long as our planet has been. Um, so that's one. Um, I also think you can do something very simply, which is really just breathing, uh, putting your hands on your heart and really connecting in with your heartbeat. I like things that first connect us into our body and just get us grounded in our being. Cause I think that when we get grounded this way, we actually have something to offer and it, it's about taking it out of our mind. You know, you might make yourself feel good coming up with a really good mental visualization, but if it's all up here in your mind and it's not grounded in your body, it's not vibrating with your empathic energy. So I really like connecting into the body first. So the other way I might do something is just to connecting with my heartbeat. And then as I feel my heartbeat, just expanding that heart energy around myself and just imagining that I can expand it into this room and just continuing to expand that on and on and on. And as I connect with uh, whatever's around me, if I'm in New York, as I imagine connecting with the other people in the city, you know, connecting with the other people in the city, and then I might feel it touch nature a little bit as it gets to the park and the rivers and then going out further. And each time I connect with something, I imagine their energy coming in and joining me and expanding this heart energy around the planet. Uh, until the entire planet is encapsulated in that and vibrating together uh, with this heart. And as we are all connected, uh, you know, I might add into that, you know, maybe we heal together or whatever you might want to direct into that energy at that time. So, you know, here's an interesting question, which is social media and screen time and EMF, um, how it amplifies our experiences with others' energies and, and whatnot. So, you know, I think that... Um, uh, I think that there's been a lot of impact um, from screens. Hmm. So, so there's different sides to this. Technology and this connectedness, the way it's connected us to the world, has absolutely uh, assisted in waking up more and more people's awareness with their subtle, their psychic senses, um, and has been you know, in some ways, a part of our, our psychic evolution. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that's been a part of our spiritual evolution, uh, but it has been a part of expanding our awareness, and there have been positive impacts from that. Um, with that said, you know, these energies can also be really disruptive uh, to certain types of impasse, especially, I think, the physical impact um, can find EMFs where, you know, there are people that absolutely feel them, uh, and, and whatnot. So, um, uh, yeah, let's see. 
there's other factors there. You know, um, we can also tune into all those connections that are happening. Uh, we can use it that way. On the other hand, if we're looking at the screen too much, you know, most people are aware now, if you're looking at a blue screen right up to when you go to bed, you know, the chemicals in your brain aren't pumping correctly because that blue light is actually blocking, you know, certain hormones from pumping in your brain. That's going to have an impact on your dreams. That's going to have an impact on your sleep. It's going to affect how you connect with others. Like, you know, these, these, this begins to, you can't necessarily separate uh, the psychic and the physical challenges because for every physical sense and for every physical organ, there's its psychic or spiritual or energetic match. And so, you know, these experiences are happening on both levels. Uh, so, you know, like most things, they can be, you know, a lot of things can be your poison and they can be your medicine. And a lot of times it depends on how much uh, and what you do with it. So I do think that there's a way we can take responsibility with EMS and we can better manage that. And I think if you're really a physical uh, sensitive, you especially need to, but all of us need to be more aware. Um, and uh, some people have to realize that they really like, they can't live in a city. You know, if there are those people, it's just not gonna work. Uh, okay, so um, somebody said that they've heard friends say that empaths have a dark side. Does every empath have a dark side? I don't know. Does every human being have a dark side maybe? <laughs> um, uh, I, think, um, I think that there are a lot of people who are empathic who, uh, you know, it can often become an excuse for certain behavior. Uh, people can feel manipulated by empaths. There are a lot of empaths who are sensitive and maybe they don't do the best job at communicating that sensitivities with others. And, and maybe it's because they're so sensitive that they have a difficulty communicating it. Uh, and so they might be reactive or angry or controlling. And I guess that can feel like a dark side to somebody. You know, the thing about, about people who are empathically connected without having practice, it, it is, if you want to become strengthened in your empathic energy, it takes practice. It's, um, it's repetition that strengthens our aura. It's repetition and, and practice that connects us more into our own energy and learning what it means and how to sense where somebody else is and where ours is and how do we actually amplify that for others without, you know, uh, many people want to uh, send energy to others, right? They're, they're this. Well, sending energy this way just makes energy want to push back at you, right? So, you know, as an empath, you don't necessarily want to send energy. If you actually see somebody in the corner and they're having a hard time and you don't know them, uh, don't send them energy. Don't send them well-being. You know, if you want to offer well-being to them, amplify well-being. Move into that space of well-being. You are an empath. You feel these things in your being. So vibrate with the answer that the energy that is the solution or the energy that you want to offer and allow that. And you can vibrate with the intention that that's available to that person. It comes up to them whether they want to take it or not. But like, it's these practices and learning these energies because you go push your energy and offer it to somebody like that. I've done it. Trust me, I know. You'll see real quick how quick that will come right back at you. Um, and, and you learn uh, not to use it that way. So it's, it's getting connected. And I think uh, if you don't have that relationship and you don't develop that practice, then you're probably reacting to that energy and that may feel like a dark side. I don't know if I'd ever put it that way, but uh, it can be that empaths can be who don't have a connection with their energy and a deeper sort of understanding of what's happening there um, and how to respond to it, uh, then uh, they may be difficult to be around. It's really important. It sort of just ties off what I just said. Uh, 
as an empath, do we have a responsibility to do anything with respect to other individuals who, whose energies we are feeling? And if so, what is it? No, uh, no, we don't. Um, we, uh, it is, our empathic nature is a conversation. It connects us to the conversation of uh, emotional energy that is in the world and around all the time. And so our first responsibility is, is actually to return back to our own consciousness. And in that, when we return back to our center, you know, if you respond too quickly to what somebody else is experiencing, you might find yourself reacting and uh, responding to them. And then you really can get caught tumbling down that road. So your first responsibility is to come back to your sector to plug back into your own energy, to find even just the smallest amount of space with it. And then yes, if you have something to offer in that, you know, cause you want to check in. There are times somebody might just be amplifying something and I might become hyper aware of it because that's what they're amplifying really loudly, you know, or subtly, but it's something familiar. So I feel it and I'm aware of it. Either way, uh, it can be a strong experience. Uh, and it might be one that I actually need to not step in and not do something with. And maybe that awareness in that moment is for me to move away a few feet. Um, but maybe there's an awareness where it's something I feel like, oh, I have value to offer, then let me offer that value. You know, uh, if I do feel like I have value, my first response is still, unless I'm invited in, I'm not gonna overconnect with that human to human sending them energy because I feel like it's connecting in a way, uh, it's invasive. As an empath, like I said before, we feel things more sensitively. We also amplify that much more loudly. And so when we push feelings towards somebody, they can really feel it. And that actually, even if it's a positive feeling, can really have somebody feeling invaded or alive. You know? um, so instead, I'll just vibrate with that in me. And yes, sort of add the intent behind it that that's available. You know? And I might even hope that they receive it. Uh, but I also leave it to them to be able to decide whether or not they want to receive it or not. I mean, I think these are really common things. So I'll talk about it again. There are occasionally people who I meet who suck the energy out of the air. Um, I might even look away when they're near me, but really have a hard time letting go. Uh, I actively feel, uh, I actively feel pushing them away. So number one, I talked about earlier, not pushing them away, right? Strengthen your own energy. You know, number two, I got to tell you, what, how we put our focus, our attention, uh, has a lot to do with what's going to happen in that situation. So um, one of the things that, that you want to do in that moment is realize, like, you know, when we become aware of the feeling, they want us thinking about them. You know, if somebody's really a drain, and there are people that are, are more intentional than maybe they even know or think, but um, and they're drains. They plug in. And, you know, in a sense, they... they in doing that energy, you know, there's often an intention to, in some ways, hypnotize you into their energy. So you become so tuned into them, which allows them to, to feed off the energy. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're actively doing this on purpose, but, but on some level, there's consciousness behind this, right? So, uh, so if it helps you, you can, in your mind, you know, just unplug that right away. Uh, if it helps you to put up shields energetic shields in the sense you can but i recommend if you do don't make it something disassociated don't push shields just make the shield being amplifying your space owning your space energetically um uh and the other one is is mentally where can i place my attention so i'm not in tune with them you know how do i put my attention somewhere else um whether it's finding somebody else to talk to or getting engaged in something else 
you know, if you're, I don't know, if you're at a wedding, go dance. <laughs> um, uh, but finding a way to tune out of them. Um, you know, somebody's asking what crystals are good for empaths. There are so many, you know, um, uh, selenite is a great one um, uh, because it doesn't really absorb any negative energy. It only cleanses it. Um, and there's plenty of it. I will say we should be more conscious about crystals and crystal buying. We have taken so many stones out of the earth at this point um, that I, I think uh, if you buy a stone, buy one because you really feel connected to it or because it actually resonates uh, or you have a relationship with it, if it speaks to you, by all means. But just buying stones because they're pretty, I think, just like everything else, you know, we've, as human beings, just taken too much time and time again. And I think even with the Crystal Kingdom, becoming more conscious of, of how much we take of them. Uh, but selenite has an abundance of it, and it's a, it's a wonderful stone. Um, the other part is you can actually, you know, with uh, many native tribes, it was the rocks that held universal knowledge, and it was the rocks that they used as the boundary for the medicine circle. And the great thing to do is to find a rock and build a relationship with that and connect with the universal knowledge in that rock of what it means to stand strong, to be solid, um, to hold space, uh, and, and use that to amplify in your field. So it doesn't just have to be crystals. Um, and there's also certain oils that are great for this. I mean, you know, there's a lot. And, and like I said, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna recommend a, a few books with you guys too. Um, do I think people will become more empathic and uh, telepathic because of this change on our planet? Uh, I think specifically by change, if you're specifically talking about coronavirus, for sure. Because um, again, I think it's about awareness and I think we're gonna become, we're becoming much more aware of our interconnectedness and even just, you know, how this virus is spreading is, is we're having to, uh, you know, go inside and, and separate to realize like how easily we transfer uh, bacteria and viruses with one another and I think it's going to make us more aware of our energy that way and I think that um, uh, I, I think it's also because you know when there's trauma and this is a global trauma um, it also you know it, even though it's difficult and it's it's uh, I think for some people it may really take a long time to come out of this and others maybe maybe rebound rebound quicker depending on how much they actually, how they internalize it, how much they experience it as a trauma. Uh, but all of us um, will come out of it with a heightened awareness and a, and a heightened appreciation uh, of our freedom, of our connections, of our interactions. It, it's gonna have a transformative impact and it's definitely um, gonna affect uh, people's empathic awareness. You know, to what degree and how far that goes, we shall see. I've heard that empaths often end up in relationships with narcissists is this as common as people say um is this a rescue reflex so um you know uh, short answer yes um but I, I think i think empaths often there's a large percentage not all i think it's so important right but there is there a large percentage that end up with wounded people yes and then um within that there's also a large portion, I think not quite as large as the number who, of empaths who end up with wounded people, but there's a large portion that also end up with narcissists. Um, and that uh, is, in my opinion, uh, a couple things. Well, first of all, 
empath is feeling its connection, right? And so you have these narcissists are, are great. As I told you, they, they have no empathy. Um, but they have the ability to empathically feel what people are needing and what they're wanting. And they have the ability to energetically match with that, to mirror it. Because in some ways, they're devoid of feeling, of being having any connection to their own feeling. And so, you know, narcissists actually, the feeling that they do reflect generally is them mirroring what's coming at them. It has nothing to do with who they are and what they actually feel. And so I think that it's, it's easy to get tricked by that, right? If you're an empath and you felt like, you know, you're looking for that connection, you're looking for that compassion for you. And, and I think many empaths, the feelings are so intense. We also feel, it's interesting, we're so much more connected to the feelings of others, but we also feel more disconnected from people because of it too, because we can become so hyper aware of our own feelings. I think many empaths have difficulty with um, uh, connecting with other people's feelings, you know, uh, until they've, until you've evolved to a certain place in yourself and your awareness of your empathic abilities and learn how to regulate and control that more, it can actually be an isolating experience. And so you suddenly have this narcissist coming along who's mirroring you and connecting with you. And it feels like, oh my God, this is what I've needed. You know, it's my exact medicine. Well, it feels like your exact medicine. Check with yourself because it might be something you should have been giving yourself and check with them and like, you know, I'm not saying every person that offers that is a narcissist for sure either, but, uh, but you know, it's good to have that pause, right? Sometimes. Um, yeah, but hard to know with a narcissist. They're so slippery, really. But anyway, uh, but narcissists, yes, I think it does happen. It's, it is, there is a commonness. It remains so grounded. And there's another question. Uh, why is guilt associated with trying to stay in our own energy and not let the drama in? I, I think those questions, I'm going to actually take both of those um, and connect them in some ways. So one of the ways that, that I stay so grounded um, you know, I have a really uh, healthy, so first of all, I have a healthy practice, you know, of connecting with my own energy every day in some form or another. And that goes back to my teenage years. You know, uh, it's been, I'll be, I'll be 50, so it's a long time um, that I've been practicing that. And so I think a part of staying grounded, realizing grounding isn't something you do in a moment it's 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 a connection that you develop uh with your own energy with the earth's energy uh and with your own energy and that earth energy connected to you in relationship to the world around you and so um you have to develop this over time uh it also is uh supported or disrupted uh, by our mental association, our psychological relationship to the world as well. And so there's two sides. I have a long practice of grounding and connecting to my own energy, and I have a healthy sense of where I am and where you are. And, and, and I'm wholly safe in myself to be able to love and have compassion and to care about others and to step into whatever they're going through and to not feel like, oh, if I step into that, I'm going to take it on. You know, with that said, I also have developed over the years, and this has been a long journey of learning to develop a psychological awareness, you could call it, of um, other people's behaviors or needs or patterns and knowing where I can't put my energy or what I shouldn't over-attach myself to or over-associate to because 
that's going to um because uh, no energetic boundary is going to keep you from getting sucked down that road. So I think there's different levels to staying grounded. I think that there's our energetic boundaries and the energetic levels. I think there's also how we participate in relationships and how much uh, we get sucked into feeling like we have to take care of another or feeling obligated or allowing ourselves just to attach to like, you know, that person wants something to me. I should be nice to them, whatever the case may be. You know, which is why I think I think it ties into that other question, which is feeling guilt about staying, you know, protecting your own energy and not taking on drama. You know, I think the guilt a lot is programmed into us. I mean, a lot of times even our parents and siblings or whatever will make us feel bad for, you know, uh, you know, and even the the peer pressure mentality, the group mentality can be like, you know, when you look at, if you go back to high school, right? Like if your friends were doing something even if it was wrong, you were supposed to support them a lot of times. And, you know, and I remember uh, having trouble when I was young because I was like, well, you know, if you go and you do that stupid thing, you know, I'm, you know, I love you. I'm not doing that with you. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's having a healthy, you know, permission in yourself, which isn't always easy to separate from the group, uh, to have your own path. Um, but I think, the more nuanced part of this as we get older is that because we were made to feel like that's where we should be, or because maybe we were felt guilty because our, our parents made us feel guilty about this as adults, we get pissed off. We get pissed off that, that somebody is being in such a way that I feel like I have to take care of myself and they don't like that. We get mad at them for that expectation. And that that's the other part. I mean, I think, a really important uh, part of our maturing as human beings is is realizing like that's that's their experience and I don't necessarily want them to feel bad and you're allowed to not want them to feel bad but I also think you're allowed to not take on responsibility for the fact that they may feel bad for that and, and that's a hard one you know uh, sometimes and how to navigate it being a caretaker in the family often means that we weren't allowed to take care of ourselves our job is a job as peacemakers, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of people who are caretakers as kids and had all this didn't learn um, uh, how to have that, that boundary and uh, didn't, didn't get the permission to develop themselves, but it doesn't mean that, that we can't do it and that we don't need to do it. And hopefully tonight was a start. For anybody who wants to stay, what I wanna do is just get connected to our breath and our breathing, becoming aware again that so many of us came together tonight around this subject, around this idea that we are empathic and that we have the ability to feel and connect with other people, with their emotions. We have the ability to connect with their bodies. We have the ability to connect our empathic nature that we know with with plants, with animals, with nature, and even with the subtler realms, the energetic field that one might have within them. And so we all came together in this empathic way. And we came together at a time when the world could use more connection. And so being aware of that, let's open our hands to one another take each other's hands and feel that connection and let's invite in 
all of those who wish to participate with us, whether they be ancestors of our own or not, let's invite in every one energy, living or in spirit, plant, animal, element, any energy on this planet that wants to join this circle. And together, let's wrap around our home and hold a frequency of oneness, of love, and of healing for ourselves, for our families, for our culture, for our country, for our neighbors and our neighboring countries, for nature, for life. And let's just release our hands and just bring our hands to our heart for a moment and just take it in that connection and let us just be grateful for each other tonight and for this time that we got to spend together. Thank you so much for being here with me.